The Tragedy of Cinema podcast is intended as a family-friendly program that by extension strives to be inclusive to all people regardless of their ethnicity, gender, creed, or any other identifying factors in this incredibly diverse world of ours. With that said, some of the films we discuss may contain serious subject matters or have content considered morally objectionable by today's standards. We do not intend to condone or dismiss these aspects of these films, but our primary focus will be on what we believe our film succeeds at, some fun facts, and our personal enjoyment factors of each film. With that said, we hope you enjoy the show. Shocking tale of Count Dracula. Vampires do exist. This one we face is unlike any other. He can change the most innocent of humans. Oh, Jonathan, let me kiss you. But you see... I'm British. So are these. <laughs> Women are rendered powerless under his spell. Stand out. Not you. Sit. You stand. No, sit. No, stand. Now, walk to the terrace door. Watch out! His evil desire has no end. She's alive? She's Nos Faratu. She's Italian? Up there! Make no mistake, he must be stopped. Leslie Nielsen, Peter McNichol, Stephen Weber, Amy Yazbeck, Lizette Anthony, Harvey Corman, and Mel Brooks. If she dies, a victim of this unspeakable creature, she will become one herself. What? She will become one herself. Dracula, dead and loving it. Ah, it's good to be dead. <laughs> All right, guys, welcome back to the Tragedy of Cinema podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo, and today I'm joined by... Joining again once again by Kyle Zayner. Zayner. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode 117, Dracula Dead and Loving It. Um, you know, we covered uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula uh, a couple weeks ago, and I said, hey, well, Kyle, you know what better way to... to Cap off come, the map or Yeah, to come, come off the, the, the movie of Bram Stoker's Dracula, then let's watch a spoof, a Mel Brooks spoof of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> here we are. <laughs> and now we're here. And now for something completely different. Uh, but Kyle, before we get, uh, dive into this movie, I have a question for you. Go for it, Jimbo. If Mel Brooks was to spoof another monster movie, who would you like to see him spoof? Because he's done Young Frankenstein oh. and he's done Dracula. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Oh boy. Ah, oh, me. Um, I feel like the Invisible Man would be too raunchy, as well as the Wolfman. <laughs> so, I'm gonna say he should have done the Mummy. The I'm mummy? gonna say the Mummy. I'm gonna say funny. the Mummy could have had a lot of great dumb jokes. Just, <laughs> just unwrapping a money. Or just having the toilet paper. The toilet you know, paper. Have go to yeah. you know, have him go to Walmart or something. Get Charmin and you wrap himself back up. He's making it cheap. Oh um, God! All the dumb jokes he would have made. I think Mummy would have been great because that's just right for making fun of. Right. Mm-hmm. That's so. right. Uh, Jimbo, who would you have if not the Mummy? Uh, maybe the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, you know, he... too. <laughs> <laughs> He's a fish man. I know. <laughs> I think it's it could not be good. <laughs> maybe I didn't have him have like uh, fish nuggets or you know creature nuggets. You exactly, know, like... exactly. <laughs> they turn him into a movie star. The whole film is about Hollywood in that case. Oh, be so good. <laughs> yep. So Kyle, uh, as you can tell, uh, next week we'll get back to a more serious uh, tone, but. You know what? Uh, after you do so many, like Doctor Shivago, and you do some of these downer movies, you just have to bring it back around and, and, and get back in a good mood, get back on where you need to be. So. You have to let loose and know it's okay to let loose. We're like talking about Doctor Shivago, like I can make one joke, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. But it wasn't even very we funny. We are depressed. Yeah, yeah exactly. None of my jokes are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so Kyle, let's go ahead and kick this movie off. All right, Dracula, Dead and Loving It, released in 1995, directed by the legendary Mel Brooks. Of, you know, Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs and all kind of other movies. Men in Tights. Men in Tights, the producers. So many great movies. Um, written also by Mel Brooks and Rudy DeLuca for the screenplay story and Steve Haberman. And based off characters originally created by the legendary Bram Stoker from Bram Stoker's Dracula fame. Um, produced by Mel Brooks as well. Composed by Hummy Man. Um, cinematographer was Michael D. O'Shea. Editor was Adam Ways. And casting director was Lindsay Chag and Bill Shepard. Moving on here, we have a quick plot summary for this film. This film was another spoof from the mind of legendary Mel Brooks. This time he's out to poke fun at the Dracula myth. Basically, he took the Bram Stoker's Dracula and gave it a new cast and a new script and made a big joke of it. The usual rich English are attacked by Dr. Dracula by Dracula and Dr. Van Helsing is brought in to save the day. That is a very accurate <laughs> summary. Of like, you watch Bram Stoker's Dracula? It's that, but Mel Brooks spoofed it. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty much what it is. It's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, technical details here we have a run to, oh no awards for this season for obvious reasons <laughs> what <laughs> this, is, this is not an award worthy film um, we have a runtime of just 88 minutes so at the very least it's short <laughs> um, sound mix was actually Dolby surround sound 8 channels you got a full surround sound setup this film will be all the more um, okay <laughs> <laughs> Um, color info, this is a color film. Um, aspect ratio is 1.85 by 1, uh, just like uh, Fast Time Bridge Mountain High, which covered last week. Um, next up for the camera, we use the Panavision Panaflex to film this film. And let's see here, negative format, 35mm. Process was spherical. <laughs> Memory of uh, Jimbo's dad there. So. <laughs> spherical. Spherical. <laughs> Um, yeah, um, spear hericle. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> well, I, we was when we was recording, I, I did put like because I couldn't get it, I'd put an S and then fear and then ickle. <laughs> Spherical, <laughs> still couldn't get it. <laughs> oh gosh, um, <laughs> um, for safety, specific release dates of the actual United States was December 22nd, 1995, right at the end of Christmas. <laughs> Santa's coming, watch. And I remember going to the movie theater to see this movie so too. You, so. Like right around Christmas or January, you watch this film and just like, and remember liking it too, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Boy, times have changed. Yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, in Germany, this was just called Mel Brooks Dracula. And Dracula <laughs> talked ever. I'm sure I'm not saying correctly. Um, that's your filming dates. This was filmed between May 8th, 1995 to July 20, 1995. It's just a three month shooting time. Very regular for the time, I reckon. Oh, I skipped over the budget of the film. For the budget of the film, um, we had $30 million. Which is actually very expensive for a Mel Brooks film, my brother was speaking. And uh, opening weekend, it made um, $2.7 million. Wah, <laughs> and wah, gross wah, worldwide. Wah. Um, this includes Jimbo's money in here, too. It grossed um, $10.77 um, million. So it was a flop. Now, less, than, less than back than a third of what it cost to make the film. And this was also Mel Brooks' last film he did. So. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was for a long time. This, is, this yeah, this was uh, basically uh, yeah, it kind of. You know why he career. probably went bankrupt? He probably did. Probably <laughs> That's did. why he can't. thirty million dollar film, and you got to think like for marketing, probably another thirty million on top of that. You know, like easily fifteen to thirty million to market the film. So like huge loss. You're talking the forty plus million dollar loss easily on this whole film. That is, whew, that's rough. Like, whew. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's just hard to live with. Oh boy, uh, <laughs> that's the technical specs and release of Dracula Dead and Loving It. Moving on here, we have the cast of Dracula Dead and Loving It. We of course have the legendary Leslie Nielsen playing the role of Dracula. Oh, excuse me. Okay, no, coughing last week, burping this week. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen playing Dracula. He's of course best known for such films such as the Airplane movies, um, Scary Naked Movie Gun. Three, Naked Gun, uh, Spy uh, Hard, Spy, Spy Hard. <laughs> such a, oh, Did he? Wasn't he in uh, Repossessed or something? I think uh, the Exorcist spoof. I think he was in that too. Oh, it was the Exorcist spoof. Yeah, yeah. Or wrongfully accused. <laughs> Uh, that was funny too. Yeah, yeah. The fugitive what was spoof. It, what was the what was it, it was the Forbidden Planet or what was the name of the first sci-fi film? They yeah, it was the Forbidden Planet. The Forbidden Planet, of course, made his career um, from the start, and then of course had these amazing string of comedy films that he's been doing, and ending with uh, one bad one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, Scary Movie 3 came out afterwards. And, and 4, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he was in 3, and I think that 3 was really good. I I don't like any of, almost any of the Scary Movies, but Scary Movie 3 was good for Leslie Nielsen. He played great in that. That's bad to listen to. Um, next up, we have um, Peter McNo- um, um, oh, McNicole playing Renfield. Uh, Peter McNicole also was in the film Sophie's Choice in 1982. Definitely more serious film there. Next up, we have Stephen Weber playing the role of Harker. Stephen Weber was also in the film The Shining in 1997. Next up, we have Amy Yasbeck Yasbeck playing Mina. Um, Amy Yasbeck was also in the film The Mask in 1994. Jim Carrey classic right there. Next up, we have um, Lysetta Anthony playing the role of Lucy. Um, and Lysetta Anthony was also in the film Kroll in 1983. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen Kroll. Have you seen it? Yeah. You enjoyed it? Okay. Um, remember, it looked like it was some kind of weird sci fi movie, but like, 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 like Star Wars, but was like, yeah, yeah, you, you I need to watch cover. it. We'll have to cover it. It's mm-hmm. pretty, pretty good. Gotta add it to the list sometime because I'm sure that's a, that's a, uh, <laughs> like a, a, you know, a blank spot in my memory of like, I don't know what that movie was. Next up, we got Harvey Corman playing Dr. Seward. Um, Harvey Corman was also in the film Blazing Saddles in 1974, perhaps Mel Brooks' best um, film. <laughs> 
Um, next Disagree. Up, Young Frankenstein's got to be a for Young me. Frankenstein is great. I do love it. For Planes and Saddles, like, I think that's like the coolest one in my in my. Oh, no, that's good, too. Next up, we have, of course, Mel Brooks playing Professor Von Helsing himself. Um, Mel Brooks, um, of course, best known. Spaceballs, Amazing Idols, and, you know, yeah, this film entirely. <laughs> a bunch of other films as well. So, Mel Brooks, legendary, the producers. Next up, we have Mark Blankfield playing Martin. Mark Blankfield was also in the film Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Another Mel Brooks classic. Um, did he write that one or just write it? I don't remember. Yeah, I have to look it up sometime. Ooh, next up here we have Megan um, um, Cavanaugh playing Essie. Uh, Megan Cavanaugh was also in the also in the film Robin Hood Men in Tights. Next up we have Clive Revel playing Sykes. Um, Clive Revel was also in the film Avante in 1972. Then we have Chuck McCain playing the innkeeper. Chuck McCain was also in the Ducktales of the movie The Treasure of the Lost Lamp in 1990. <laughs> Yeah, no ducktails in there. Ducktails. Woo! Next up, we have Avon, Ava, Avery Sheber playing the peasant on a couch. Okay, um, you get down oh, there to we're the. We're getting down to the list of the uh, great yeah, list. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go through those kind of rapidly. Then we have Charlie Friggin also playing the peasant on the couch. We have Ezio Grego playing the coach driver. Oh, well, on the coach. Okay, so they're on the coach at the, at the beginning of the film when they're going into um, Transylvania. Did you <laughs> say couch? I said couch. Then coach. <laughs> I'm trying to remember last time I had to spell the word coach or couch now. I'm wondering, like, are they spelled the same? I don't remember. (laughs) Oh, no. When's the last time you had to think about Jimbo? Huh? When's the last time you had to think about Jimbo? So that's how coach is spelled, but I don't know if that's couch is spelled either. Oh, whatever. It's fine. Um, Next up, we have Matthew um, uh, Peretta playing the handsome lieutenant at the ball. (laughs) Rudy DeLuca playing the guard. Jennifer Crystal Foley playing the nurse. And Darlie Hun playing the brunette vampire, and Karen Rowe playing the bond, the blonde vampire. And next up, we have Charlie's Callus playing the man in straitjacket. Let's see here. I have to make sure I got the uh, characters I got here. I can go to the list run quick just to make sure I don't miss anyone I don't want to miss. Besides that, because I got the whole cast list here, and that's got a lot of people for it. And we'd be here all day if I read it all. I think it might once. even be longer than Fast Time and Ridgemont High Cast. Exactly. Like, wow. Well, it's, well, it's, no, still. 1995, I guess they just did a good job of making sure they got the names of every single actor in that film in there. Yep, but we're going to call that end right there and call that the cast of Dracula Dead and loving it. Whew, Jimbo, let's go through some notes. <laughs> Tell me about Dracula. Well, when he really loves someone. <laughs> what do you got to do? <laughs> Alright, here we go. Let's talk about some of these notes from Dracula Dead. Before. <laughs> uh, much of the dialogue from the original classic Dracula picture is repeated here in Spoof. This includes the film star Leslie Nielsen doing a spoof impersonation of the famed Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. Uh, the character of the gypsy woman, Madame Ospinaska, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. who was portrayed by Mel Brooks' wife, actress Anne Bancroft, was named after Maria Ospinaskaska, yeah, yeah. Uh, who played the character of Maliva in both The Wolfman and Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman. So, uh, Renfield, who I think did a fantastic job in this movie, uh, mm-hmm. he was hilarious. His laughter and crazy expression at the end of the You Are My Slave scene and at the end of the Eating Insects Right Off the Ground yeah, scene eating the insects was great. are tributes to the original Renfield Dwight Fry from Bela Lugosi's Dracula. <laughs> Um, as Renfield uh, arrives at the hospital at the end of the film, he turns, holds his hands up, and laughs exactly as Herman Munster does in the credits for the original TV show, The Munsters, starring Fred Gwynn, which we just talked about this yeah, last we week on Fast Times Original High. High. Small world. 
the bat transformations of Dracula were inspired by the cartoonish transformations of Bella Lugosi into a bat in Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein because it's really bad if you've ever seen that. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was almost a point where like the, maybe there was like a raunchier version of this film too, where like they got like reeled back into like being a little more kid friendly over time. Take a look at the rating because this movie's PG thirteen. I feel like there easily could have been like an already cut of this film that would have been like. Even worse. <laughs> I'm not saying that would have been better for possibly even right. worse. But I feel like they came so close so many cases. Right uh, there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leslie Nielsen's wig when Winfield arrives at the castle when Dracula goes to the ball was inspired by Dracula's hair in the beginning of the recent uh, Dracula film by Francis Ford Coppola, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, which won three Academy Awards. It is the, if you remember Gary Oldman's hair, hairdo as Dracula, yeah. and he just... He was very outrageous. And he just takes it off like it's a hat. I remember the shark like, oh God, you have a giant butt on your head, basically. <laughs> Gary Oldman's wig was ridiculous. <laughs> oh man. As part of this film's promotion, Castle Rock released a Got Blood advertisement, which spoofed the popular Got Milk campaign. <laughs> Uh, this is, the, as we said, the most recent theatrical feature film directed by Mel Brooks as of 2022. Uh, Mel Brooks asks, do you have Nosferatu? And Harvey Corman says, yes, we have Nosferatu. We have Nosferatu today. This is a reference to the 1923 novelty song by Frank Silver and Irving Cohn, Yes, We Have No Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a weird joke. <laughs> I love that he thought that was really funny. Uh, well, you're laughing. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm laughing at the idea that it was funny. <laughs> so it was funny. I guess, I guess, yeah. That's Mel Brooks' logic right there. Right. Uh, when Dracula first bites Lucy, the vampire covers uh, uh, the vampire covers her with his cloak before he bites her. This is a homage to Christopher Lee's portrayal of the Dracula character in the Hammer films. <laughs> uh, the music that appeared in the trailer is John Williams' theme to Dracula, starring Frank Legalia. Who also played Skeletor Skeletor. in the Masters of the Universe. No, 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 no. I'll get you, He-Man. The movie, Kyle. The movie, not... I'm still... I want the cartoon. (laughs) Have you ever seen the movie? No, I've not. Dolph Lundgren? That one? Yeah. Is is it... Oh, it's... Oh, it's definitely cringeworthy. He-Man's always one of those properties where I was like, is it going to make some kind of weird comeback someday? But like, they have the She-Ra thing and the Netflix thing, and like, I have no idea what He-Man really is anymore. Hopefully they'll come out with a live action movie sometime. Or I, think, I think it'd be ridiculous. I do want to see it, but also I think it's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, the movie's aesthetic, visual style, and production art and set design were predominantly inspired by the English Hammer horror movies, particularly the Vampire and Dracula ones. Uh, you can see a lot of that. I can see a lot yeah. of it, and definitely like it explains like how like like this budget, like as big as it is, was spent entirely making things look cheap. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, the name of the tall ship was uh, the Dementor or the Demeter, as consistent with Bram Stoker's source novel, which I finally did finish. So, hooray for me! I read a book. You have all the knowledge right there. So now you can fully appreciate this film. <laughs> okay, Kyle. You know who was considered to play Dracula before Leslie Nielsen was cast? Ooh. Okay, I think Leslie Nielsen was the was the wrong casting choice on here. So I'm curious to see Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey, what? Oh, that's amazing. It would have been terrible. Oh, I don't think it would have been much worse. <laughs> it I could, could have been better. I could see him doing Renfield, but I don't know if I could see him doing Dracula. Mm-hmm. I, I think this film, like for me, was like I, I feel like, like maybe if they did another film together, eventually, like I would have got warmed up to it. But I feel like just like 
like as much as I love Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks, I feel like their comedies just didn't mix at all. In this yeah. Film. So like I'm, I would have been curious to see Cosmic Grammar who would have been more amenable. You know, to Mel I did think it was kind of funny when uh, you know when Leslie Nielsen has the uh, daydream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's, he's walking out and in the sunlight, he's like, I'm I must be cured. It must be Lucy's blood. I'm walking out here and he's like Redfield. He's like Master. He's like Redfield. Look, I'm cured. He starts smoking. He's like, No. He's like, Oh, I made a mistake. You know? <laughs> he's like, He wakes up. He's like, oh, oh, I was just having a daydream. <laughs> so, oh, it's, so it's good. It's good. Uh, during the stalking scene when Jonathan Harker asks, is there an alternate uh, alternative for driving a stake through Lucy's heart? But Elsie suggests we could cut her head off, stuff her mouth with garlic, and tear off her ears. This is a direct reference to the same scene from the book, which I can verify because I just uh, read it. Oh, yeah. That Van Helsing does indeed, in fact, uh, cut off Lucy's head, fill her mouth with garlic, and then drives a stake through her body. So he did it. He done it all. <laughs> uh, in Bram Stoker's novel, Doctor Seward was one of Lucy's suitors. Uh, while in this movie, he is the father of Mina. Hmm. Leslie Nelson was sixty-eight when this film was shot. This makes him tied with Bella Lugosi as the oldest actors to play Dracula in a main role in movies. Lugosi was actually much younger in his late forties when he first played the Count. But he interpreted Dracula several times in his career, including uh, like Nielsen in his late sixties. Wow, that's really impressive. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's always a, a kind of a tough thing. Like, have an immortal character, so how old do you actually want to go with the actor who portrays him? You know, uh, during the trailer for this movie, especially in one shot of the daymare scene, Dracula says, "It's good to be dead." This quote was completely omitted from the final release of the film. Uh-huh. Um. Leslie Nelson previously had narrated a National Geographic television special on bats entitled Strange Creatures of the Night in 1973. <laughs> I want to hear that video. That's somewhere on YouTube for surely. Surely, Kyle. You have to find it. Um, <laughs> this, is so, this is really good. So for the scene in which Harker puts a stake in Lucy's heart, you remember? Mm-hmm. In the vault? Yeah. And Mel Brooks didn't tell Stephen Weber that he would be covered in 200 gallons of blood. 200 gallons. So then his reaction would appear natural. This led him to ad-lib, she's dead enough. She's dead enough. <laughs> he's probably so mad by that point because he does it twice. And he's like, I don't think she's dead enough. Like, she's dead enough. <laughs> There was, like, I'm sure he expected some blood. I'm sure he but expected not. like some kind of blood. And then like 200 gallons. Like, oh come on, Mel. That's gotta be. <laughs> That's what he looked like. He was saying to you know, he just covered. Oh man, it's fantastic. And last but not least, it's so cruel. Uh, this is the last Mel Brooks movie. So the last word of the movie is Fushta. Fushta. Said by Van Helsing. Uh, if you, me and Kyle were talking about this, uh, Dracula and, and Mel Brooks in this uh, Van Helsing have the exchange of trying to get the last, last word, word in. in like yeah. like you know he's uh, do you always have to have the last word in? He's like opening the door and saying something. Then you see Dracula walking by the window, says something. Yeah. Mel Brooks does something. So Fushta. Uh, to continue on with that, uh, at the end, uh, Mel Brooks lifts up the coffin and says Fushta and it, uh, uh, Dracula. It's uh, the last person to appear is uh, also uh, Mel Brooks in this movie, even in the closing credits. But a little hidden gem is Leslie Nielsen has the last laugh in the end of the credits when the Warner Brother logo appears. He also says something incomprehensible. So Dracula got the last, last laugh. Yeah, which is a very hilarious uh, add-on to theirs. Mm-hmm. So Kyle... Even though this was a shorter episode of ours, what did you think of Dracula? <laughs> we kind of blew through because there's just so few like facts or like that much trivia to go through. But right. uh, 
I think it goes to show how good Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks are that as bad as this film is, I still do enjoy a lot of the humor in it because it's just these guys are just funny. They are just straight up funny in a really great way sometimes. But overall, this film kind of sucks. It's like completely misplaced. A lot of the scenes feel completely wooden or cheap or just like all are like misguided in like the overall the routines. Like um like looking into the individual scene, like, oh, this is a funny scene, but when you stitch them all together, you get a movie that's just like nonsense and you don't really follow it in a fun way. <laughs> and it's not really uh entertaining <laughs> as you want it to be. It's just like it's like you know, it's like here's your ten course meal of exclusively cupcakes. Like you like cupcakes, but you're not gonna like ten courses of cupcakes. Um, and that's kind of what this film is, where I feel like it's just like, you know, you had the joke first and the plot second, and like they needed a stronger plot for this film. And uh, I'm gonna lay that at a little bit of the feet of Bram Stoker for maybe making a bad book. <laughs> like the book's fine, but still, it's like this adaptation just didn't feel strong to me. I feel like. There needed to be more collective fiction making fun of vampires for Mel Brooks to get these jokes right. Whereas, like, Blazing Saddles or Spaceballs did, where it felt like a genre unto itself they're making fun of. And this one, it felt like you're just making fun of Bram Stoker's Dracula and not much else. And that didn't really lean itself well to a lot of good comedic moments that, um, like, individually, there's a few good strong ones in there. But, like, the whole film was, like, really brings it all down. So, um, this is not a film I really recommend, like, watching unless you're already a big Leslie Nielsen or big Mel Brooks fan. But it is, like, not, like, the worst thing you could do with your time, I guess. So, uh, that's generally, I feel like, this movie, not that good. Not awful either. And, like, if you're a big Mel Brooks fan, Leslie Nielsen, go check it out. But otherwise, you're just perfectly fine passing by it. But, um, that's overall my thoughts on Dracula, as messy as they are. Um, Jimbo, what do you think about Dracula dead and loving it? Oh, it's a terrible movie. <laughs> I mean, just straight terrible. Yeah. You know, when we were discussing it, I said, hey, let's do this, because I haven't seen it. I went to, actually, like I said, I went to the movie theater to see this, and I remember liking it, but, you know, you go back and watch it now, and especially after we just did Bram Stoker's Dracula, I thought it would be cool to see the mm. uh, differences or the jokes, but man... Uh, it's a rough watch. Yeah, uh, it's beautifully shot. I mean, it looks good, but it's just it just misses on so many levels. Did I laugh? I laughed out loud a couple of times because there was some funny one-liners. Uh, the daymare scene was funny. Mm. Um, I thought Renfield did a fantastic job. He's creepy looking anyway. You know, he's eating this. He's like, he's like, dude. Right. You, he's like, you just did you see yeah. that spider? He's like, no. And then you know, he he sees that grasshopper water on the ground. He gets it. He's like. Did you just eat that grass? He's like, no. He's like, yeah, you did. His leg's still sticking well, out of your mouth. Yeah, or whatever, when you know we're what going mean? through like the greatest hits here, this movie sounds amazing, right? But, <laughs> but like what we're telling you is pretty much the best parts of the movie. That's, that's, those are it. Those are right. it. Those are all of them. We got um, all of them done in lot less time. I mean, time, what about the know? what about the CGI of Leslie Nelson's head on the bat? What he's fighting and he like, hits the like, window. It looks intentionally bad it's in a terrible. funny way. But like, I, I, I get it, like, if that's the joke, how bad it looks. Like, then you got it, but it still looks bad. I, you know yeah. what? And, and here, here's what I'm going to say about this, Cal. We've been doing this podcast. Well, I've been doing this podcast for over three years now. You've been about two, I think. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to say that this is probably the most, worst movie we have covered on the podcast. Ooh. I, that's strong words, I know. But, I mean, it's pretty bad. I don't remember a movie that we've covered that I hated so much. I don't want to say hate. That's a strong word. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't hate it. That I disliked so much that yeah. I just, you know, the first 20 minutes of this movie, I was like, why did I let Kyle pick this movie? <laughs> 
Um, is it worth one watch? It's probably worth a watch, especially if you like Dracula and if you liked uh, a fan of the novel Bram Stoker Dracula or the Bram Stoker, uh, Stoker's movie. Mm. Uh, it's probably worth a watch because you will laugh. Uh, there, Leslie knows what that hair do when he takes the helmet off. I thought it was a I thought it was a great scene when they do the dance scene and they drop the mirrors and you see her twirling, you know, because yeah. you can't see his reflection. But but it's just a really big miss in my book. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say it's the worst movie. I'd have, to go, I'd have to go to the list again, find some movies, and I'm like, I, I just didn't enjoy it all. But I you can't think of one. Nice. Yeah, I know. It, it's, def- it's definitely it's it's down there, for sure. It's down there, the list of like films. I'm like, mm, I'm not going back with this one anytime soon. <laughs> right. Um, but still, like... I, I, at least I could find moments that I could still like, kind of defend in this film. Where like I like these jokes at the very least. Well, but, you can uh, find that in any movie, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, think, like, I don't. I, yeah, we haven't covered another film where I feel like I like there was nothing I could find that I could like. Do you ever film. heard the the, yeah. the saying? You know, finding a diamond in the rough. Mm-hmm. This is more like finding a rough and a diamond because you, there's we try to only cover like usually good films or films that we respect or something. Right, way, but, but but when when you when you've had a rough go and you know you wanted to loosen up and watch a, a film just to have fun, you put this in and I was like I thought I was supposed to have fun. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah. So if if you like Dracula, uh, you give it a watch, but just remember going into it. It's not going to, as you can tell, it didn't win any awards. Um, I think uh, because I was such a Mel Brooks fan of Spaceballs, uh, even Robin Hood Men in Tights, Young Frankenstein, the producers, all those, uh, this is probably, would you say this is Mel Brooks' uh, worst movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I would, like, it's definitely my least liked Mel Brooks films, uh, easily. Right, yeah, yeah. so, I mean... I, the 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 the, uh, the mm-hmm. budget compared to what it made speaks volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This uh, is definitely a, a movie. Like, like, so this isn't something that I would go see and start telling all my friends you need to go see, and then they'd go see it, and then they'd tell their friends to go see it. This is mm-hmm. I went to go see it, and I didn't tell anybody. It, <laughs> Nobody should waste their money like, on this. Like, it serves as an example of failure. That's but but sense, you yeah. know I do own it now on Voodoo, so there's always yeah, that if I ever want to go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Like I bought all the Mel Brooks stuff you can buy on Voodoo for sure. Like right. I, I got it all. So like it's just like like if I ever want to go back and watch it, I know where it's at. So, mm-hmm. um, but. Uh, let us know what you guys think. Uh, you can throw it in on the uh, Facebook group. Um, I'm sure uh, some people actually like this movie, um, mm-hmm. and 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 I like Leslie Nielsen and I like Mel Brooks. Yeah, I liked Renfield. I even thought Jonathan Harker did a, a good job, and so did uh, Lucy and Mina. Um, especially, you know, I I will say this: I do have a better appreciation and understanding of the Dracula uh, universe now since I read the book. Um, and you start seeing these same characters over, like Doctor Seward, Mina, Renfield, somehow, Lucy, yeah. Dracula. Now, now I can put it all together because when I would see it, I'd be like, you know, what? Mm-hmm. And but now I know who they were, what they were, and how the story went originally. So now I can put all these. Oh well, that wasn't in the book, or this was in the book. You know what I mean? So it brings me appreciate the movies even more yeah. by by doing or, that. So. Yeah, or like I feel like I recognize like some of these tropes in other films now too, like how these characters are playing off these roles. Like you know, like right. they, you know, like same basic premise, but like these tropes are going like, oh okay, you're you're the, you're basically this character Bram Stoker's Dracula doing this in a, in a different kind of film. So it's like it makes sense to me in a way that like um 
it didn't before. You know, like, well, you, you actually read the book, but even watching Ram Stoker's Dracula like, gives me a greater appreciation. Like, oh, okay, I see how these characters are supposed to work now in this narrative uh, structure. So right. that's a cool thing there. So if you're just wanting a, a, a good time, pop it in. Uh, just your brain cells aren't going to get much activity in this yeah, movie. Yeah, you can but... flip the switch to off and just, like, let the colors look, look in your mind. And, like, occasionally you'll chuckle. Um, you know. Which, you know, inoffensive in terms of films, I'll say that much. You know, this is not a film that offended me in any way. (laughs) So, with that being said, uh, next week, we are going back 40 years ago to probably one of Spielberg's greatest movies to be released. Yeah, probably the most, probably maybe the most defining movie of his career overall. I think, like, if you look at Spielberg, like, like you think of the movie that made him what he he is. Like, if it was only one film I had to pick, like if you want to understand who Spielberg was, I think you have to choose that film. Right. Yeah. So we will be covering E.T. the Extraterrestrial. So uh, definitely a childhood favorite of mine. Uh, loved it when I was a kid. Still like it. Uh, we'll talk about it next week though. So uh, if you want to follow us on the social media, uh, you know where to find us. Just the Tragedy of Cinema Podcast uh, group on Facebook. Um, if you need to answer the questions, it's, uh, who are the uh, the hosts? It's Jimbo and Kyle, or even if you put Jimbo and Terrence, if you're an old old OG listener, OG listener, uh, we pretty much accept anybody anyway, even if they don't answer the questions yeah. right. So, uh, well, with that being said, I think this episode's coming to a close, and that's a wrap and cut.